Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. It's a run, do not walk. It's good. Uh, We will get back to stink fried jelly in just a moment (laughs) as we try to figure out where we are. Well played, Dan. Thank you. Very well played. (laughs) Very well done. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, I want you to... Update us on the weather forecast at 5 from another location in the building. Apparently, we have 50 quadrants. Yes. we're Just in this building alone. Very large building, little three-meter squares. So so, uh, your room has its own three-word quadrant. Yes. If Uh, if you were lost in there and couldn't find your way out with a cell phone. I would find you. (laughs) But you can look out the window. At at (laughs) 5... At five o'clock, nothing about this app makes sense. At five o'clock, I would like for you to give us the weather forecast from boss's office. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind. Sure. Uh, Sam, can you uh, can you bring up that song again because that is part of my run. Do not walk. Oh God, here we go. I, I'm not kidding you, Dana Wright. Last night, or check that yesterday Sing afternoon. More wick. We are oh. a part of God's great big family. Oh God, I love that song. Love is all we need. Oh my God! Can you so name good. the singers? Yes, I can. Turn it up. Obviously, that's Michael Jackson. That's Michael. Um, all right. So, pot it down. We'll, we'll bring it back up in a minute. Uh, yesterday on the program, Michael Mackey filled in, mm-hmm. and he said he had been he had watched this documentary on Netflix. That's your mm-hmm. streaming oh, service yeah. if you're looking for it. Uh, and it is called The Greatest Night in Pop. Okay. And it is the story behind the making of We Are the World. By USA for Africa. Okay. I thought this is going to be the most boring documentary of all time. What? You're 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 Mr. 80s irrelevant trivia. Turn it up, I'll tell you who it is. Together as free. That's Willie Nelson. That, that's Willie Nelson and uh Kim Carnes. Mm. Wait. Ooh. That's Al Jarreau. Stop right Al there. Al Jarreau. So Al Jarreau, you oh, learn in the documentary, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to be a little spoiler here. That that line that Al Sam, will you rewind that? Go back. Yeah, to, I want to know. Did they did they fight over their lines? Because that's okay. a lot of ego so, in one room. Th- and and Quincy Jones had written a note on the door that said, "Check your ego at the door." Oh. So he, oh. It, it's, it's a fascinating documentary, and and so you know, for people like you and me, Dana, and for Dan. 
who grew up in the 80s, we just thought all these artists got together. They all flew into L.A. or New York. Or, one room. And, and, and they all just came on their goodwill and sang this song on some Sunday afternoon. Not true. Oh, I'm watching this immediately. They had to get together after the American Music Awards in Los Angeles because they were all going to be there at the same time. Yeah. Nobody knew what was going on. Quincy Jones just said, go to A&M Studios after the show. You're invited. We've got this incredible thing going on. And so everybody goes to the AMAs. There are limos waiting for them out front. And they're whisked away at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night to A&M Studios. They spend the next eight hours dealing with a song that they've only heard a demo on cassette recorded by Michael Jackson. And they record this song overnight. It's over an eight-hour period. And as as the hours get later, they get grumpier. Right. Oh, I bet they did. He, here's what's. There were so many amazing things about this this documentary that I well, and didn't so many know. Personalities. Oh, and sure. So many. Sure. You know, I'm sure not all of them got along. So Huey Lewis gets a singing part because Prince didn't show up. <laughs> That's the only reason Huey Lewis got a singing part. He was petrified. He did said he was come shaking. To fisticuffs? No, uh, but there were there were some arguments. Uh, Al Jarreau, that line. Sam, can you play that again if you don't mind? Listen to Al Jarreau here. Yeah, I know. Right here. Stop. And we must all lend a helping hand. Al Jarreau was so drunk, it took him a million takes to do that (laughs) one line. I love it. Um, Here are a couple of other things that you didn't know. Um, Oh, gosh. Smokey Robinson was there. How does Smokey Robinson not get a lead part in that song. So were there actually stars there that are in the chorus, if you will, but were not asked to sing yes. a part? Yes. But then we had Cindy Lauper going, well, 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 yep. you know, screaming. Mm-hmm. Which was totally improvised. She was not supposed to do that. She was wearing so much jewelry. But it makes the song. Right. But here's another fascinating part about the documentary. Cindy Lauper was wearing so much jewelry this was 1985, right? That when she would sing, she was bouncing around. You know how she does? Yeah. And the jewelry was, they couldn't figure out what is this noise in the background. <laughs> and fi- I mean, they, they kept having, they're like, there's some static or something. Let, let's do that part again. So she would do her part again. And then finally it dawned on them. They're like, Cindy, take your jewelry off. It was clanking and clinking. Mm-hmm. And it was ruining the song. They had to stop when they were doing the, we are the world, the big chorus, yeah. the big booming chorus. The, the, you know how artists are. They, they they tap their feet to the beat. Yeah. They, they were all on these risers, and they were all tapping their feet to the beat. And Quincy Jones is like, stop. Stop tapping your feet. How many episodes is it? One. Oh, I can't wait. It's an hour, I'll watch it it's, tonight. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. Well, and Mackie said that the reason that Bruce Springsteen is so aggressive in this line is because whoever the guy was, I can't remember his name, who was so drunk and couldn't get his line right, kept making Springsteen say the line again. And so he was just so fed up with repeating the line over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's why he came out that aggressively. Yeah. 
And Bruce, now Bruce Springsteen was not at the AMAs. He had just wrapped up a show in New Jersey on his Born in the USA tour, flew private jet all the way to L.A. late at night just so he could be part of USA for Africa. That's incredible. It, it I is, cannot it, wait it is to watch it. unbelievable. Lionel Richie is featured prominently. Let me and, ask you this. How many artists are still living that yeah. are interviewed for the documentary? Okay, great question. Um, most. Most. But, but, but yet, you know, and, and one thing I, I said to somebody that I was watching the movie with last night, uh, I said, as, as they were showing them all singing, we are the world, uh, I said, look at how many of them are not with us today. Ray yeah. Charles. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just there's there's so many that are are you know on that stage, and I, I'm I'm drawing a blank at the moment, but Ray Charles is the first one that comes to mind that have passed. Um, and, yeah. and there there are several, and you're just you're like man, you know my obviously Michael Jackson, um, and but but uh, he, here's the crazy thing: I did not know Harry Belafonte, who was in We Are the World, was the brainchild behind it. I always thought no it was way. Michael Jackson and uh, and Lionel Richie. It was not. It was Harry Belafonte who wanted to do We Are the World. He wanted to uh, – he had been um, – impressed is the wrong word. Um, yeah. He, he had been uh, – gosh, dang it. He, inspired. He, inspired, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, by by things he had seen in Africa. And and he said to everybody, he's like, why, why, are, why are black artists not helping black people? We need to, and then Quincy Jones was like, well, why do we just need uh, black people? Right. If we're going to do this, let's get the biggest artists we can find. Let's all come together as one mm-hmm. and check our egos at the door. Yeah. Which, by the way, do you feel like there's a little bit more room in your studio today since both of our inflated egos aren't taking up the same space? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> by Didn't the, it? So, you so, breathing a little easier in so, there? Yes. So so they get, they get to the studio at like 1130 uh, at night. They they spend from eleven thirty at night until seven o'clock in the morning recording that song. Oh God! Bob Dylan, uh, who walked in, you know, he's a superstar. And whether you like, I, I'm not a huge fan of his voice, but I recognize his talent. Um, Bob Dylan was so nervous singing in front of all of these superstars. You know, Dionne Warwick, Bruce Springsteen, Steve Perry, Cindy Lauper, Daryl Hall, uh, that he he couldn't do it. Really? And, yep. And he went. He asked Stevie Wonder, "Take me over to your to your piano and let me work out my one line." Okay. <laughs> and then once he had it figured out, he was very nervous. And Bob Dylan would not sing his line until everybody had left the studio. It literally is just it's a choice, something, something for you and me. That's all he says. Yep, that's it. And he he could not do it. And so he he asked that everybody leave the studio. So he could record his one line. Oh, please. I thought you said check your ego at the door. Well. <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed if no one punches anyone. Like, I feel like that would spice the, up the, the documentary. The, there were no, like, at the very end, Tina Turner punches Dionne Warwick. There, there I'd were, be like. <laughs> there were no punches, but there is one scene, and, and I love him for it. I, I can't remember who was acting a fool and messing up and couldn't get his line right. But you, you, they focus in on Kenny Rogers and I don't know that his eyes could have rolled farther back into his head. And he's just like, I'm done. Oh, oh, here's something fascinating. Um, so Willie Nelson is in it, right? Oh, yeah. A bunch. He had a lead, lead sing part. Waylon Jennings was part of USA for Africa. 
my favorite country artist, Waylon Jennings. Mm-hmm. He is not on the recording. He walked out hmm. because in the middle of the recording, uh, Stevie Wonder started singing something in Swahili. <laughs> and what? No, the, 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 you learn this in the documentary. Stevie Wonder said, We cannot do a song about Africa if we don't include Swahili. Okay. Waylon Jennings said, uh, A, uh, they don't speak Swahili in Ethiopia, and country boys don't sing Swahili. I'm out. <laughs> and he just walked out. There's actually video. Of him walking In out. the documentary of him walking off the risers and just walking right out the door. Do they include a lot of the uh, the, the prep and the mm-hmm. the, the, the warm-ups and yep. everything yes. beforehand? The, the, there are, there are, they, they include the demos that Michael mm-hmm. Jackson did. Oh. The demos. Okay, wait, wait, wait. If you had to pick two artists in that song that just blow you away for their tiny little part, which two would you pick? Let me answer that because we are way late on the break. Uh, I will answer that when we get back. It better be Steve Ferry. Here on Dana Parks. <laughs> so my run do not walk today what is a documentary on Netflix called The Greatest Night in Pop. <laughs> and it is the history of the 12 hours. Actually, it was less than that. It was about 10 that they took to record USA for Africa, We Are the World, overnight. Right. While they gathered everybody in Los Angeles at the AMA Awards in 1985. You asked, and they right, didn't get paid for this, Nobody by the way. got paid. This was, okay. In fact, even the people who were for, who were videoing uh, or videotaping the yeah. uh, singing for the video, uh, they all submitted invoices, and Quincy Jones said, you didn't realize this was for free? Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a good party story that you can tell your friends. I nope, was nobody camera. got paid. Yeah. Nobody got paid. You asked right before the break, uh, my favorite two singers on that song, having watched the documentary. Um, man, where do you start? There are so many brilliant. I mean, Dion, Dion Warwick, uh, Donna Summer just crushes it. And you get to see a lot of D- Donna Summer in this video. Yeah. And her working. They, let me ask you this one thing. Had they already pieced together which stars were going to read first? Because the way Quincy Jones did this, it really did end up and evolve into this beautiful quilt of this gift mm-hmm. of a song. Yeah. Or did they just draw names out of a hat and Steve Perry, you're singing this and Dion, you sing this? Sort of, kind of on both. What they did, and you see this in the documentary, is so while everybody's at the AMAs, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie was hosting the AMAs that night. Right. And he was one of the major players in We Are the World. Yeah. Uh, but while he's hosting the AMAs and Cindy Lauper and all the others are there, um, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones are back at the studio at AM, A&M Studios, finishing up the song, getting everything ready. And they write, they grab three by five cards and they write down everybody they think is going to show up. They didn't know. Yeah. They didn't know who was going to come. There, there was no guarantee that anybody was going to, to show up other than Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. And 40, of, 40 people, ended, 40 superstars ended yeah. up showing up. And so what they did was they wrote down everybody's name on a three-by-five card. And they gathered around in the, in, the, in the studio, and they laid them out on the floor. And they were like, okay, if we have Bruce Springsteen go here... Who would be good after him? 
And so they had like six or yeah. seven microphones set up around the room. And so they would put your group at your microphone. And so at one microphone is Cindy Lopper, Kim Carnes, and Huey Lewis. And then at another microphone would be like Donna Summer and Steve Perry. Yeah. And Quincy Jones would basically just point at you. You knew your line, but he would just point across the room. Okay. You sing. You go, go, <laughs> go. It's fascinating. You you asked me before the break, my, uh, my takeaway as the two best singers um, from that show. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to see this other than Michael Jackson you forget how absolutely beautiful, how beautiful his voice truly is on that song. Yeah. Number two, and I know you want me to say Steve Perry, and I can't do it, but he's great. Ray Charles crushes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On We Are the World. Just crushes. Yeah. And so for the, for the two of them, I think, and then Bruce Springsteen, at the end of the song, it's a seven and a half minute song. At the end of the song, uh, you hear Bruce Springsteen go, you know, they're, they're like, we are the world. And Bruce Springsteen go, we are the world. Uh, <laughs> all they did, they told him, they had already recorded all the choruses and everything leading out yeah. to the song. And Quincy Jones, at the end of the session, just tells Bruce, go in there and improvise. Yeah, just do what you do. So everything that you hear Bruce Springsteen sing at the end of that song is completely improvised. He made it up as he went along. Oh, listen to Michael here. So good. It's brilliant. So good. Quincy yeah. Jones and I, I. Is that uh, Diana Ross right after him? I believe that's Donna Summer. Yeah. Um, Diana Ross was not there. Donna Summer and Dionne Warwick were there. Donna Summer was not. Um, and if she was, she didn't have a lead singing part. It, it's amazing when you look at the, at the crowd that they had and the people who did not get lead right. singing parts. But don't you feel like not only that, but the people who didn't show up probably were forever um, bummed that they were not part of that. It would be like the biggest party that you turn down in your own industry. Like, no matter what you do for a living right now, like where everyone is there, you talk yeah. about FOMO before there was FOMO. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you decide not to go. And then it turns into this great thing. Well, and you're like, well, well I, I skipped that night and you know went out to my house or whatever first of all it, a it was a number one hit for weeks uh sold millions and millions of copies uh still to this day generates millions of dollars for famine relief in africa still Girlfriend to this just texted me you are wrong that was diana ross okay then i beg your pardon i i, I don't sounds just like her. i i don't remember seeing her in the video uh having said that one thing that they focus on a lot is how hard they tried because prince was at the amas that night yeah. And and one for Purple Rain several times. They tried so hard to get Prince to show up. So hard, in fact, that they invited Sheila E., who is Prince's best friend, who spent all night on the phone calling him, trying to get him to come over, and he refused. And Sheila E. in the video is honored that she was part of this project, but yeah. also feels like a little violated. Like, the sure. only reason they invited me was because they wanted Prince. And and you kind of feel sorry for her. Well, you understand how that works. Yeah, because I work <laughs> with you. <laughs> hey, Scott, is there any chance you can get Dana over here? I'll try. 
I'll do my best. Is that the only reason I'm here? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Quick break. She's Dana Wright. My name is Scott Parks. I go over there with Sam Stevie the Third here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. People are mad saying that I spoiled the whole show. They don't have to watch it now. Okay, fine. Well, it was recorded like 40 years ago. What did you spoil? <laughs> Han Solo dies, by the way. Bruce Willis is dead the entire time in that movie. <laughs> well, we also spoiled the entire Scott Peterson documentary because that didn't happen live on national television. <laughs> Come on, I guys. Can't get that the one the song I'm was recorded 40 years with ago. people over that documentary. I know, I know. The song was recorded 40 years ago. I can't spoil it for you. <laughs> I mean, grow up. In fact, he erroneously reported that Diana Ross was not featured, and she is. That's right. I was uh, conflating Diana Ross and Donna Summer, and and that's my my mistake. A story here out of South Carolina. A new discovery made in the depths of the ocean may be a clue to solving one of the greatest mysteries of the 20th century, Dana Wright. Wow. Experts with a marine robotics company that specializes in deep ocean exploration say they have captured a a sonar image of what is believed to be the plane that Amelia Earhart flew before she disappeared. The sonar image was captured in a part of the Pacific Ocean just west of where Earhart's projected landing point is believed to be. Wow. What do you do with it? Uh, well, you bring two it days up? ago, no, two days ago, you had said it could be rocks on the bottom of the water mm-hmm. and not an airplane. It could be rocks sort of scattered maybe in the shape of something that looked interesting, and it could be nothing more than just rocks. What I'm reading today, they are moving much further along in their theory that this is the actual plane. That if um, her navigator, Mr. Noonan, correct? Correct. Had accidentally forgot to change the time of the changing of the international dateline that they passed, he would have been 60 miles off course. That's how they found this. So the theory was she wasn't in the original area everyone thought where the plane went down. The theory is because he forgot to move the clock when they passed that international dateline. Moving it from July 3rd back to July 2nd. Back to July 2nd mm-hmm. that they were actually 60 miles off course is what, what I believe I read. And so then they went to that area. If they had been, in fact, 60 miles off course, that's where this plane has been found or what looks a whole lot like her plane. 
Uh, and in fact, the, the, the two brothers uh, who are doing this investigation and who are looking for the plane say that by, by not moving the clock back from July 3rd to July 2nd, and I, I listen, I'm not a pilot. Uh, I don't understand this stuff. Uh, but Mr. Noonan, Fred Noonan, made the error partially because of exhaustion after flying for 17 hours yeah, straight. 17 hours. He was exhausted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you what I had for breakfast this morning or, or what time it is here versus where you're sitting. I, I, you can it's, understand how that mistake was made. And they the also time. said, Scott, that the way, if this is a plane on the bottom, the way it looks is that it did not obviously crash nose down, that she would have done everything in her power to glide it as safely as she could on top of the water, sort of like uh, Sully. Captain Sullenberger did. And and that's why they think the plane looks like on the floor anyway. It's about as intact as it could be. So do you do you try to bring it back to the surface? Would it be even how possible? far are they saying it's down? How I, far I have is no it idea. Down? I have no idea. Um, God, it, it's such a historic relic of of our aviation history. I think you have to try, don't you? I think you try to bring it up. I, I just don't know if if it's physically possible. It, uh, it would be different than raising the Titanic. I mean, oh, this to sure. me... That's impossible. Would, ...would be more possible than that. The image of the suspected plane was found resting 5,000 meters below sea level. All right, that's 1,500 feet. That, there's no way. There is no way they're bringing that. Or 15,000 feet. There's mm-hmm. no way they're bringing that up. There's no way. 15,000 feet? Even with like parachutes and buoys and robotics? 15,000 feet? Yeah. That's three miles. I'm not saying you go down in a submersible. I'm just saying I'm not going. We, that, we saw that movie know, last right? year. We've already, we've already, <laughs> we know how that movie ends. <laughs> not laughing at five people losing their life in a submarine. No, but at least get a camera on it. At least get something down there so that we could view it. No? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There, there, would, there would be no human remains. It, it's it's going to be the plane. Hmm. Uh, story here from CBS News. Walmart. Listen to this. Walmart said its store managers can now earn up to $400,000 a year. With the the company announcing this week, it will give $20,000 in stock grants each year to Supercenter managers. Uh, Quoting here from Walmart CEO John Ferner, we ask our managers to own their roles and act like owners, and now they'll literally be owners. Managers of Walmart Supercenters will receive the $20,000 annual bonus beginning in April. Uh, the move to provide stock comes as a retailing giant recently boosted the average base pay for managers. Oh, my God. I'm, I, uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to go apply. Uh, right. Recently boosting the average pay for managers of stores to $128,000. That is up 9% from last year. Good. On top of that, managers can earn up to 200% of their base pay as a yearly bonus based on their store sales and profits, an additional $256,000 a year. Okay, if you asked what makes a good manager, very few people would say a college degree. That that is communication. It is interpersonal Mm -hmm. um, communication. It is uh, multitasking. Oh, personality? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Walmart is saying no college degree needed. You you wouldn't need that for any of those things. Mm-mm. All right, you guys, we'll see you later. Okay, bu- bye, Sam. <laughs> Did you hear, Scott, uh, you that Oklahoma me? teachers could be forced to return yep. 
between $15,000 and $50,000 in bonuses after a state education agency discovered it goofed and accidentally paid them bonuses in error. This is one of those, what do you do when your company screws up, puts the holiday bonus in your check, and then asks to claw it back? Yeah, this came up in very brief passing yesterday, but I'm happy to have this conversation with you today in larger detail. We are getting some more insight. They're saying they got to pay it back. This story sickens me. Ugh. Sickens me. I did read somewhere that it could have been, or and maybe this is just the state superintendent saying this, but uh, the error could have been on the part of the teacher for misrepresenting uh, their qualifications prior to applying, meaning in the cases where I believe it was the 185000 where they were overpaid, they, were, they qualified for it but didn't qualify for that much, uh, the superintendent claimed that they had misrepresented their qualifications one of the teachers had already been a special ed teacher in, in the district, and so she didn't qualify for the bonus because they were trying to recruit new ones. It's very hinky. Okay, but let me ask you this. If, if it was $5,000 over 12 months, no, no one is going to probably understand that that's some massive fault. If it was $100,000, you would notice. I mean, most people would notice. But, 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 but Sam, were they intentionally misrepresenting what they did or what they had? Well, so in this specific scenario that I read about, uh, the one teacher who, again, this is all according to the superintendent, had already worked as a special education teacher, just applied and got the position and got the bonus. And for whatever reason, the school district didn't realize, oh, hey, she was already a special ed teacher over here. Well, that's on you. Uh, But then again, if she were making $52,000 a year, I could see the district's point saying, hey, uh, we were doing this as a recruitment tactic. You were already doing that position, and we just gave you an extra fifty grand for okay, but hopping there's schools. There's something going on in accounting, and let me tell you why. When you look up this story, Scott, and I know you talked about, I think it was the Oklahoma story yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is happening countrywide. There's an Oklahoma story where those teachers might have to pay back those bonuses. There's a North Carolina story where they are being ordered to pay back $1,250 in bonuses they accidentally received. Keep going. There's a story out of Austin, Texas. Austin teachers asked to pay back $2,000 in bonuses after the district accidentally overpaid. Here's another one. Durham staffers reacting after 1,300 workers were told, pay back your bonuses. Are they all contracting with some company in payroll that has stepped in it and no one else has figured out this is all happening to other? There's no way all of these are in the news independent of one another Six well, times in two weeks. Well, nation nationwide, uh, school districts are doing everything that they can, as you well know, to get teachers in the classrooms. Uh, th- Scott, I'm looking at North Carolina, Charlotte, mm-hmm. Austin. Wink, where's Wink? Seattle, isn't it? He, he's a morning news anchor. Nice. No. <laughs> Very nice. Really? Oh. Really? Uh, <clears throat> Durham. I mean, this is... Uh, Spring ISD teachers. Let me get a city on that one for you. This is all over the place. Now they have these are school districts, so they have people yes. that are good at math somewhere in the district. Can you really? bring them up? This is this is different than the bank accidentally putting fifty thousand dollars into your account. Is it? Yes. Now what I if do. It's have- a police department. Again, I would argue it's different than a bank accidentally putting fifty thousand dollars in your account. You thought. 
I'm assuming that these teachers were not taking these jobs, and, and this is an assumption on my part, maybe I'm wrong, and fraudulently trying to defraud right. these school districts out of $50,000 in bonuses. Knowing full well, if I get caught, I'm going to have to pay it back, uh, and I don't have the money. So why bother, right? So they, I, I'm assuming, speculating, that they apply for these jobs. They think they qualify. I'm a special education teacher. You need a special education teacher. There's a $50,000 bonus for that, and here comes my $50,000 bonus. I believe that I have earned this money. By the way, and this was something we, we touched on yesterday, the, the teacher in question in Oklahoma only received $29,000 of that $50,000 bonus. The other $21,000 went to the federal government in taxes. Oh, yeah. So does bonus, she only— The bonus structure is the most heavily taxed structure there is. At 40%. So if, if she is required to pay the district back, and they want their money back, by the way, by the end of February. Well, oh, that's please. just ridiculous. Which is incredible. I mean, you want me to pay you a year's salary— because she makes $50,000 a year. The bonus was $50,000. You want me to pay you back a year's salary in one month. I can't do it. I'm in sorry. In Austin, by the way, it was $2,000. And they're telling those teachers, you can either pay it back in one lump sum, right after the holidays, and right as tax season is upon us, and or over bills. four pay periods. Quote, we regret any frustration this may have caused we contacted staff as soon as we discovered the issue. And it's the same issue in Austin, Scott, mm-hmm. where that the, the bonus money was supposed to go to newly hired staff who agreed to sign on to hard-to-staff positions and instead went to people already involved in those hard-to-staff positions. So let, let me get this right. Uh, I can either pay you back my $2,000 in Austin in one lump sum, uh-huh. or I can pay you back in four monthly installments, which would be $500 a month. Right. If I am a teacher making $50,000 a year, $500 a month is going to cripple me. It is going to literally cripple me. Here's what I'm going to do for the next four months. Quit my job and go yep. get a teaching job somewhere else. Screw you. I'm not paying you back. The, the frustration has boiled over. And in Austin, they're saying this is coming from those who have been affected multiple times by payroll mistakes. And we are all weary of continued problems in the payroll system. Quick break. Telephone number is 913-586-7798-586-7798. When the Tropicana Las Vegas opened in 1957, Nevada's lieutenant governor unlocked the door to what would become a Sin City landmark for more than half a century. Then he threw away the key. Six decades later, the storied hotel casino that once had ties to the mob and was nicknamed the Tiffany of the Strip, said to shut its doors for good to make room for a $1.5 billion Major League Baseball stadium that will be home to the Oakland Athletics, who will become the Las Vegas Athletics. Tropicana owner Bally's Corp. made the announcement this week, saying the closure on April 2nd, days before their 67th anniversary, Marks the beginning of preparations for demolition. Wow. Hmm. Okay, can we talk about some funny Chiefs news for a minute? By the way, when the Tropicana opened, Las Vegas had a population of 100,000 people. <laughs> yeah, you should have invested heavily in real estate back then. Uh, have you seen that 
dad bod is trending on Twitter today, and there is a very, very funny reason why. And by the way, I've seen the photo. I do not consider that to be a dad bod, but Sam, explain it to people. Patrick Mahomes is one of us. (laughs) He's one of us. Not not as fit as he looks, eh? Uh, I'm not sure when this video was taken. If it was post-game, I really don't know. What I do know is that Patrick Mahomes is shirtless, and the camera angle is from his right side, and it very clearly shows his, well, it's not a six-pack. Oh, I see it. And people are calling it the dad bod. And no, you would Patrick expect, you know, you're a superstar replied. NFL player. He's He's got a little bit of a pooch. No, he does not. Yes, Patrick does. has replied, why y'all got to do me like that? I am a dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's he's just not us? the most flattering photo. I mean, trust me, there's all kinds of photos that could be taken in a men's locker room that aren't flattering. It's just not that flattering of a photo. That doesn't mean he's not one of the greatest athletes he is we've one ever of, known. I, I, he is one of the greatest athletes, but what is clear in this picture, he does not have a six-pack abs. His muscles are not very big. Yes, they are. Stop it. They don't appear so in that Wait, picture. He looks like me. I'm 52. He does not look like you. I got a you better body than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you better start learning how to throw a football. It's the uh, angle of that guy. photo. He yeah. does not have right. a dad bod. The angle of the photo that blurred out his six-pack? No. Stop it. You leave him alone. (laughs) That bod's going to take us straight to another Super Bowl. Damn right it is. You damn right it is. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes is all of us. He is. He's one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Weimar has got the news in two minutes here on Dana and Parks. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.